Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, he did it. Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl, the first time he's ever won in a blowout, won his fifth Super Bowl MVP, and he became the uh, uncontested greatest performer in American team sports history today. Also, uh, the uh, weekend wasn't so great. Nah, I wouldn't say he was so great, but uh, we'll give you our take on the weekend's halftime performance and best and worst commercials. We'll get into all that and more on today's Callahan podcast brought to you by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free check-in accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is with direct deposit to their free checking accounts, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Who doesn't love getting paid early? Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They will even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking. Insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Colleen, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, first of all, I got to say, I love it when Brady goes out on the field and doesn't wear a mask. And here's, here's how I think. Here's how I think. I got to admit, I, I was rooting for Tom Brady to win this. He won it. I was happy. I watch it. I enjoy it. But in my mind, I think of all the people who hate him. It's it's like I used to say about Trump. People say, "How do you? How can you love Trump?" I say, it's not necessarily that I love Trump. I just hate the people who hate him. You know, I don't. I hate the New York Times and the Boston Globe and MSNBC. I hate those people. Well, with Brady, it's ESPN, it's uh, uh, USA Today, it's NBC. I mean, there's so many people in the mainstream media, so many people in the press box who can't stand Brady for any number of reasons. Obviously, one was he once had a red hat in his locker. And we went through this last week. The USA Today woman in, in one of the most outrageous columns ever read, uh, you know, d- d- just ripped Brady for uh, for his whiteness, essentially. I still have on my screen the column from The Nation magazine by that lunatic Dave Zirin. The headline is The Unbearable Emptiness of Tom Brady. The Unbearable Emptiness of Tom Brady. They hate him. Because he's so good, he's 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 and and they hate the fact that he won't give them anything. Like he didn't endorse Trump, he didn't campaign for Trump. He doesn't say outrageous things. He doesn't do outrageous things. You know, he doesn't drive drunk and and almost kill five year old girls. He doesn't uh, take drugs. He doesn't hit his wife. He doesn't do anything wrong. But they'll grab anything they can get a hold of, and I promise you. Colony. In the next few days, you're going to hear about how Brady doesn't take the virus seriously. Here's what I would love him to do, and he won't do it, but I've said it before. I know how he thinks. I think he thinks he knows how not to get the virus. I think he thinks what he does, the way he lives, the the the, the additives and the vitamins and the electrolytes and everything else, he believes he knows how not to get hurt while playing in the NFL. And you know what? Since 2008, he hasn't been hurt. <laughs> he just does everything right, except he won't wear a mask. He won't wear it on the field where he's supposed yeah, but I, to. But don't you think if, if his family had it, obviously his parents, he, he gushes about his parents day in and day out. Yep. He had are. it. He takes it seriously. His father said he wishes Tom would wear a mask. I, I was with a guy who's just like, he volunteers helping out the Boston College hockey team. He took 46 COVID tests this season. 46, wow. right? So now think of an NFL player. How many how many tests have they all taken? 
And I think Tom Brady trusts his teammates, right? He yeah, trusts. Well, no question. He knows they're all right. And he's around his kids and he's around his coaches and his teammates and he's doing fine. And he was never seen on the field, as far as I recall, with a mask. He was never seen on the sideline or at the postgame press conference or walking around the field pregame. The only time I believe is when he's getting on the, the bus or the plane. Um, but other than that, he just refused to wear it. It's not a big deal. I just think, and I, I predicted this game correctly. I'm going to give you my next correct prediction. Not as, not as, uh, well, I can't even think of the word. Not, not as much as Tom Shattuck, who said it would be a decisive Bucks win. Did he? Well, we, yeah. we know Shattuck is the best. I mean, he's, He's Nostradamus. You know, he can predict these things. He's Quasimodo. He sees these things coming, especially sports, because he's an expert. But my next prediction is you're going to see people on ESPN, New York Times, USA Today, the next few days are going to be outraged. Two things, that Brady won't wear a mask and that Brady is just so damn good. They didn't want him to win this. They don't want him to win. I t- I'm telling you what, I've seen every game he's played, uh, you know, in New England, every snap he took. I didn't see every every game in uh, Tampa, but until he went to Tampa, I saw every snap he took. As this game was ending, I think there was a minute and something left in, in Brady's seventh Super Bowl championship, his 10th Super Bowl appearance, his fifth Super Bowl MVP, and he really could have had seven. They gave one to Deion Branch. That should have been Brady's. Julian Edelman, I had no problem. He had an amazing game, but you know the quarterback generally – when a receiver has a huge game, the quarterback's generally pretty good. Anyway, he's got his fifth Super Bowl MVP at the age of 43 and a half. I've declared him for a while now the best team sport athlete in, in American history. I mean, better than he's now got more championships than Michael Jordan. He's been to four more championships than Michael Jordan. As soon as I tweet that or say that, I get some you know, old timer say Bill Russell had 11 rings. When Bill Russell started, when his reign started, there were seven teams in the league. It's no comparison. There are 32 teams in a league designed for parity, designed to bring you down after you win. And there's a reason no one's gone back-to-back since Brady and uh, the Patriots in uh, 17 years ago. It's hard. It's really hard to win in the NFL. It's much harder to win the NFL than it was in the NBA 50, 60 years ago. But anyway, he's the best Team sport, forget teams. I'd put him the best American professional athlete ever. We used to debate quarterbacks, you know, then we went debating the best football player ever. Then we debated Brady versus Jordan or Brady versus uh, you know, Tiger or, or Gretzky. That's all over. He's the best ever. He's got seven titles. He just won his, he's had three separate Hall of Fame careers. Uh, we know that. He's just amazing. He was really, really good tonight. Not, you know, somebody, somebody tweeted out after the game that he's the most successful NFL franchise. Yeah, he's got <laughs> seven championships yeah. himself. The Patriots yeah. franchise obviously has six, and the Steelers has have six. Brady has more Super Bowl championships than any other franchise. But there was about a minute left, and uh, Jim Nance, and they were celebrating, hugging on the sideline. That's the other thing Brady does. He hugs everybody. He's a hugger. Coaches, opponents, teammates, you know, family. And I could just see these crazy you know, Corona bros, these, these, these uh, you know, the, the, the people, the lockdown lunatics must have been. You mean, you mean the ones that were tweeting out all their pictures from the press box that were ecstatic? to be at the Super Bowl, even though the season shouldn't have begun to begin with. That's right. They didn't want to play. We've, we've certainly been over that. 
the NFL, and I hate to give Goodell credit. I mean, the NFL, what the NFL did was amazing. This was their 269th game. They postponed none. They canceled none. You know, they powered through it. We know what happened with baseball. Baseball fell off the map. They canceled over 100 games each team, and they and they are and and, and they were irrelevant. Basketball played a little summer league tournament down in Orlando. We know that. Every, I mean, they, they just think it canceled everything. You know, it canceled. You know, the Oscars. It canceled a Rod and J Lo's wedding. Got postponed. I mean, the COVID one beat everybody except the NFL. The NFL beat COVID. They played through it. A um, college football did too, although, you know, UConn canceled the season and the New York Times said they should be the national champs because what they did was so heroic, they refused to play. Well, the teams who played, played, and, and they made it through and they survived and nobody died. And at the, in the end, Brady stood there in the season of COVID with no mask, looking great, looking healthy, looking as, as good as ever. And it was a great victory for the league, for the sport, as well as for him. But again, I'll get back to what, what, what uh, Nance said. It was just in passing. He said perhaps his most, something like his most impressive season of his Hall of Fame career, of his incomparable career. And I'm thinking, well, you know, he's had some pretty great seasons. He's had, to, what is it, two, uh, three MVPs, 50 touchdowns, you know, 18 and one. I mean, He's, he's, he's every year, won 12 games, 13, 14 games. I mean, just had an incomparable, unparalleled career. But Jim Nance is right. This was his most impressive. I hate to break it to my friends like you, these Pat fans, Patriots fans, but what Brady just did is more impressive than anything he did in New England. And I'll tell you why. First of all, I don't know if you're aware of this, Colony. He's 43 years old. He is. Yes, yes, he's 43 years that. old. Yep. You know, he's, this is kickers can't play at this age. It's just ridiculous. Um, and he goes to Tampa, a team that was seven and nine, a team that's considered as, as Tony Romo pointed out tonight has the worst winning percentage of any team in the four major sports worse of than, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns worse than, you know, you name it. Who's the, the worst, uh, basketball, whatever the worst in any team sport. Tampa Bay, he goes there, they're losers. They won one Super Bowl, but other than that, they're losers. A loserville, a loser franchise. They go 11-5. and five. They get the wild card, which is unusual for Brady. No buy. Here's what he does then. He beats, obviously, Washington on the road. They don't even belong in, but whatever. Beats Washington. Then he goes on to beat Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are three Hall of Famers, three MVPs. The first three playoff games are all on the road, which isn't something else he's not used to. He beats Washington, Green Bay, uh, New Orleans, and Green Bay all on the road. Then he gets to go home, which is a little odd, but gets to play at home against the best team in the NFL, a team that had won, what was it, 25 out of 26, a team that it, it just was on a roll, had a bye, you know, had the best quarterback, the best player in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. And I realized Brady didn't make any tackles, but he didn't pick off Mahomes. The defense was spectacular. Devin White is a superstar. They have a great, they had a great plan. They got after him. They flushed Mahomes out all night. We can get to that. But what Brady just did is more impressive than anything he did in New England for 20 years. And again, Thornton Nation might not like that. You know, the real hardcore Pats fans, but it's true. He went there 
in his first season, and I realize he brought people with him. He brought Antonio Brown. He brought Gronk. He assembled a pretty good team, but he wasn't even the best team in his division, you know, and he went on to win three, win four postseason games. And tonight he blew out the Kansas City Chiefs. Since he's been in the league, Patrick Mahomes has never lost by double digits. He's never lost by more than one score <laughs> since he was in college. November 19th, 2016, Texas Tech lost to Iowa State, 66 <laughs> to 10. That's the last time Mahomes has lost by more than one score. This isn't supposed to happen. This doesn't happen. And I'll tell you why I give Brady credit for everything. Not only was he good, I'm just looking at his numbers right now. He, he didn't have a lot of yards, had 200 yards uh, passing, but he had uh, three touchdowns, no picks, a 125 passer rating, 25 of 29. In the first half, he was 16 of 20 with three touchdowns. I believe that's the first time. Yeah, that's the best half a quarterback has ever had. And, and he's he, he brought this team back from 28 to 3 against Atlanta. He threw for 500 yards in defeat against Philly. But this 16 of 23 touchdowns, the first time a quarterback in Super Bowl history, a quarterback has done that. Uh, and, it, and, and But he just gives the whole team confidence. They go out there, defense, you know, the line, the wide receivers, everybody. I mean, they go out there and they think, we got Brady. You know, we're going to, everything's going to go our way. If we're watching that and we've been watching forever, and we think Brady, you know, gets all the breaks. Let's be honest. It always feels like Brady gets the calls. He gets the bounces. It seems that way. That's no knock. It just seems that way. What do you think his teammates think? They think we're going to get the breaks. We're going to get the bounces. We have number 12. We have the, the greatest ever. We have the GOAT. And he just gives them all confidence. And I think they all play, even defensively, you know, even special teams. They play with more confidence because they have Tom Brady. And that was apparent tonight. They just got after. They go out there against the Kansas City Chiefs, against the best player in football, Pat Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, you know, against Kelsey and Tyree Kill, and they just play with confidence, with with swagger. And I'm not sure if Jameis Winston's their quarterback. Uh, they do that. They just don't feel that way. He makes them all feel like they're going to go out there and win, and they did, and they blew out the Chiefs. And by the way, uh, you know that Belichick Brady debate, that dumb debate that everybody uh, that we all have. But they never blew out anybody in the Super Bowl with Belichick and Brady. This is the first time. Was it? Was it? Was it? The, oh, obviously the first two to Gronk, and then AB had the third, right? So if you're if you're watching that and you're Kraft and Belichick, is what's going through your head? You know, I, I guess nothing changed. I mean, there's no there's no difference between this conversation and the one we had on Thursday after. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think I think it's. I hate people who say, "Oh, why do you even have the debate? They're both great. They both." I mean, it's because what people do on sports radio, yeah. which what we do. On podcasts, we have dumb debates occasionally, and this one, I nothing. There's nothing I'm more convinced of that I'm more sure of than Belichick did not root for Brady, did not root for Tampa. He's human. I mean, he might be you know brilliant, and he's the greatest coach ever in NFL history, but he's rooting for himself. That's what people do. They root for themselves. And if Brady wins down there and wins big like he did, it suddenly it seems like Brady could do it with anybody as a coach. He did it with you know. With Bruce Arians, he could do it 
uh, with anybody. So there's no way Belichick. Would don't you think if you just don't you think you just give the nod to Brady just because it feels like Brady doesn't have an ego. He goes out there and plays, and yes, he wants to assemble a, you know a team like he has in the box with the Bucks. But Belichick wouldn't budge. He wouldn't give Brady weapons. He well, wouldn't think, think of what I mean. I'll say this all the time: is he's the greatest ever. You know, he just won, well, the greatest athlete ever in sports. And and and. The Patriots let him walk away for nothing. <laughs> yep. It still seems incredible when you look at what the uh, Rams just gave up for Matt Stafford, what the what the Texans would be asking for for Deshaun uh, Watson. Now I know those guys are much much younger, but Brady just went to Tampa and delivered a Super Bowl. But it's rational from both they sides. They gave up nothing for him. Nothing. But, you know, that's why. That's just be like that's the fandom. That's like that's the me who's sitting there, you know, looking back and saying, "No, how do you not re-? when we started this podcast, I said give Brady whatever he wants because I'm a homer." But the reality is right. and I I said Brady, it's rational on both ways. You give it I to him rationally. He's, he's generally right about these things. I, I I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He was wrong. You can't yep. let Brady go for nothing. He just went there Picked his team, went to Tampa, won a Super Bowl, and the Patriots back here go seven and nine and look hopeless. Uh, and 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 by the way, you get something for Gronk, but one of the greatest tight ends ever, a guy that just had two touchdown passes, only the second player ever to have multiple touchdown receptions in multiple Super Bowls, and the other guy is Jerry Rice. That guy you let go for whatever. I'll look it up. What would they get for? If he Gronk? breaks that tackle, he's got three. He had that one. That's a good point. Yeah, and he was great. And you know, he was, I get, well, I don't want to say outplayed Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey had his usual 10 catches for 133 yards. He showed up, but what they did defensively, we don't have to spend a lot of time on that. We're busy, you know, worshiping at the, the, at the feet of Tom Brady, but Mahomes never had a clean pocket. He never had a you know, three, four or five seconds to scan the field. He couldn't. And then he got jumpy. He got a little skittish because he was under so much pressure and he started rolling out too quickly and giving up on the pocket. But they, you know, they really missed Eric Fisher, their left tackle. They could not uh, you know, protect um, Mahomes. So we never really got to see Mahomes get in a groove because he would drop back and complete a pass. And next time he'd drop back and be running for his life and make some crazy sidearm underhand throw. He was so uncomfortable all night. It was a, it was a total mismatch. The two lines, the, the, Tampa defensive line in uh, against Kansas City's offensive line was a mismatch that just ruined the whole plan for the Chiefs and made it easy for Brady. I mean, let's be honest. They made it easy. Brady got sacked once early on. That was it. He was under – he never got hit. He never got uh, rattled or just chased or knocked around at all. And I don't know if you ever heard this before, but if you want to uh, uh, beat Brady, you got to hit him. You got to pressure him. You got to – make him a little uncomfortable in the pocket and they couldn't do that. This is his, his greatest achievement. And you know what? There's all these rumors of, you know, people saying because of whatever the song that he tweeted out that he might be uh, retiring. Oh, we're watching NFL network and he's given Guerrero a big hug and neither of them, neither of them is wearing a mask. Well, he was asked about it, right? Oh, I grabbed this clip as you were just talking here. So let's see. Right, Tom. There's more to come as far as football. Yeah, we're coming back. We're coming back. Know that. Coming back. Tom Brady's coming back. There you go. Never doubt. You know what, Dave? There was never any doubt for the last yep. 20 years. Every year I'd have to deal with this. Oh, this could be it for Brady. Why? He loves it. 
he would get mad or not mad. He would get a little snippy when we would ask him about retirement. Say, why does everyone want me to retire? I'm, you know, he's in obviously good health. He looks good. He's having a blast. He's winning. He's still, you know, among the elite quarterbacks. He just threw for 40 touchdown passes. Why would he retire? Because he wants to some storybook ending where you go out after Super Bowl like John Elway or Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning sucked. He retired because he sucked. He didn't retire because he won the Super Bowl or because, you know, you know, some he wanted to do something else with his life. Peyton Manning retired because he sucked. Most guys retire because they're old, they're hurt, they're struggling. Brady is not. He's going to play like he always There's literally plays. nothing left to accomplish, though. That's yeah, it. Like, that's nothing left before this, I guess you could say. No, but, but well, yeah, 43 years old and winning a Super Bowl is, is the ultimate bragging rights. How about this? Yep. 44 years old winning a Super Bowl. How would that well, be? Yeah, sure. We're going to keep going. We're gonna, but it's the ultimate way to build this health and wellness business for your for right. your, your retirement life. So he's he's got it made. I don't. I, it's crazy to me to think, like, why come back and even jeopardize losing what he has right now? I don't, I don't Simple, know. Because he loves it. Yeah. Whoever walks away with something they love just because people pressure them to, or just because. Yeah. But I think he loves the next, I think he loves the next thing just as much though. Yeah, But he thinks a couple things. He thinks he's still at the top of his game. So what? And secondly, he thinks he's going to live forever. So he's got a lot of time to sell TB 12 and, you know, talk and proselytize and preach. He's going to do all that. I have no doubt. And you'll see it when he retires, probably five years from now, be whatever, 48, He'll be on the uh, broadcast halftime or something at a Super Bowl because he'll live in Florida. You know, they'll occasionally they have those games in Miami and, and, and Tampa and Jacksonville, and he'll pop over and he'll look like he's, you know, 30, and he'll and then he'll get in his jet and fly, you know, to Monaco or somewhere, fly to, you know, Beijing to do some conference. He will be a globe-trotting um, a preacher man who's selling everybody on the TB12 lifestyle because he believes in that as much as he believes in, in playing football. But um, I don't think anybody expected this. I really don't. I don't think anybody expected him to go to Tampa and do what he did. They, You saw the numbers. On Thanksgiving, they'd lost three straight, and they were reeling, and it looked like, you know, looked like I was going to be right. I said he was going to have a good September, October, November, but then he was going to fall off the map because uh, that's what you do when you're old. Late in the season, all those hits take a toll. I thought he might um, struggle in December and maybe in the playoffs. I was dead wrong. He got better, and he looked as sharp and as confident. Obviously, he didn't hit on any deep passes in the Super Bowl. He didn't pass, you know, throw for more than 200 yards. But, you know, he was just in control, total control. And you know how Bruce Arians said, I let him coach? You really could see it tonight when he was, like, calling things, and he was, like, a couple times he'd look at the sideline and say, no. He'd go, he shook his head no, or he'd say, you know, go to something else. I don't want to run that play. I mean, he's got more control there, I think, than he ever had in New England, which is, uh, which obviously worked. It obviously worked. Well, I mean, halfway through the season, we were calling the the Bucks one of the worst coach teams in the NFL. And there was a little uh, tension between the two. Yeah, it felt like that was the turning point, and he just took over at that point. And and um, this was, you know, what we didn't expect such a you know game from Gronk. Gronk was, you know, overshadowed by the other eighty-seven by Kelsey, and he just came up big and he played with just such uh, energy. You know, scored the first touchdown, that little scream, but the second touchdown 
was classic Brady Gronk where he made an adjustment and they were like on the same page. It was something that was like dumb rookies never do or dumb, you know, Ocho Cinco types don't do. He, 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 he zigged and zagged and came back to the open space and Brady anticipated timing, perfect throw right on the numbers. Uh, Gronk's second touchdown, second big spike. And that's when it felt like they were just in control. They just, you know, they just came in cocky, confident, knew what they, what they had was going to work. And it did work. And most of all, they didn't give Mahomes time to breathe. Hang on, hold that thought. I got to talk about our new sponsor, GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. As we all know, uniform professionals sign up to serve causes greater than themselves. If you've ever served in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, or frontline medical communities, you are eligible for free membership in GovX.com, the greatest online shopping site for Americans of service like you. Your job demands a lot from you, from deployments to long shifts and the dangerous situations most people don't have the courage to face. There's a reason why GovX believes service-minded patriots like you deserve special recognition. GovX.com delivers the deals on all the gear you need for your on- and off-duty life. Register at GovX for instant access to discounts on epic brands like Oakley, Yeti, Garmin, Vortex Optics, Benchmade, Danner, and more. The site was built exclusively for the men and women who serve our country and communities. That's why every month GovX supports nonprofits serving the military, first responder, or law enforcement communities. We don't just thank you for your service. We honor it. Signing up is fast and easy and totally free. Become a member today and use code Callahan for $15 off your first order of $50 or more. GovX.com. Savings for those who serve. I was, um, well, we'll get to the commercials um, because it's a couple things. We get commercials in the halftime show. Um, you're a little younger than I am, a little, little hipper. You like, uh, you know, weird more. music. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I know what I like and it ain't the weekend <laughs> that sucked. And I, I tweeted out and got a million people saying, Oh, you're old. You're, you're white. You don't, that. and I'm saying, I don't care. I don't care that I'm old. I don't care that I'm white. I don't care that I don't like, what do you even call his kind of music? What is that called? Uh, I would just say pop. He's pop music. He's, He's got a pop. mix of, what would you say? A mix of like R&B and rap with him too. It didn't, it didn't do a lot of rapping this time, but it with the whole, here's what, here's First of all, his mic was awful. Like, I don't want to get into the tech, but like when you, if you're not going to give the guy like a good microphone audio, he's doomed to begin with. I, you know? I've never seen, I probably shouldn't say, I don't remember a worse lip sync job where he wasn't half the time. He didn't seem like he was even trying to stay with the, with the recording, but we talk about weekend the same way we talk about, you know, Cardi B or whatever. Um, it's really not them. Isn't it the choreographer who does the whole, I mean, is it weekend that designs that dance with 900 guys with face bandages? I, you know what? I, I, not that I went too deep into research on this, but I tweeted an article right as the halftime was going on. He spent $7 million of his own money on that. He, in what? addition to whatever the NFL paid. What money yeah. does he have? Oh, he's a lawyer. Oh, he yeah. just sold his house in LA for $22 million, so I guess he has yeah. it. Much, you got to spend that much just on red sport coats. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I'm watching, and here's what I don't like. I'll be honest. I don't like when I don't know and can't understand any of the words. I like to hear the story yeah. we tell. We, even if it's meaningless, I like to know what they're saying. I couldn't understand one word he sang, and I get I don't care that a bunch of guys in ban face bandages are bumping into each other. I don't consider that you know art. 
I don't find that entertaining. I thought it was terrible, but I will give him this. It wasn't as bad as Maroon 5. At least he kept his clothes on, unlike Adam Levine, that douche. It was I, close. It was close. You think? I think that the I think that the halftime show has to realize that the best ones were the least flashy. You know, like we have to just go back to just let them just let them sing the hits. So you, you didn't like Weekend? I'm glad. No, I didn't like Weekend. I like that song that he has that he that he waited till the end to, to sing. Blinding Lights. Yeah, yeah that, that's as good. I almost could understand a couple of those words. But yeah, but he was awful. And that, that the headache little scene that he did that went viral on Twitter already. That's that was just insane. Here's here's what will here's what's hard to believe watching this that not long ago, you know, there was. Paul McCartney, you two, the who Roger Daltrey and, and Pete Townsend played the halftime show. Springsteen played the halftime show. I think that we're going to look back and laugh at that. Cause there'll never be another old white guy. They we won't even, we won't, yeah, we, we won't even talk. It's first of all, Prince, what did the halftime show? And it, like his, his is the epitome. That might be the best one. That might be my favorite halftime show of all time. So I, I would have kind of thought that, the weekend would have tried to emulate that route instead of whatever the hell. I mean, I I am biased towards someone like Prince because I know the song. You know, yeah. least I don't know weekend songs, and I I saw a lot of this going on. In fact, I have a story here from uh, uh, New York Post ranking the best and worst Super Bowl halftime show, and they rank P- Prince as the best, which is uh, um, very common. Um, I and I'd say it was great. Yeah, Prince was the best, and then Michael Jackson. I can't say Michael Jackson was the best. Michael Jackson, I was there. Michael Jackson did a halftime show with a bunch of children around him, and it's to think back now on that is just perverse. Beyonce, Janet Jackson with Justin Timberlake, Kid Rock, Nelly, and P Diddy was third on their list. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, and then they have the worst. And I'm going to go from top to bottom, the bottom being the worst. They go Black Eyed Peas, Usher, and Slash. Phil Collins, Christine Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, and Tony Braxton in 2000. I don't remember that. I don't even remember that either, yeah. Um, Sometimes when you're there, you don't see the halftime show. If you're, like, working or trying to do something, you you take a leak, you don't see it. Um, Gloria Estefan, Brian Boitano, Dorothy Hamill. What the hell? And the U.S. hockey team in 92? What? They did like on ice. Um, but then we go down to the last, and this was the worst, Maroon 5, and they point out how awful uh, Adam Levine was. So I give him credit. That's a good list by the New York Post. Did not get the weekend thing. Will not ever get the weekend thing. So I'm just going to say, not my bag. I will, uh, I, I don't ever, I think... I never understood why the NFL doesn't go with a big country star like a Kenny Chesney or a Tim McGraw. I mean, especially down south. You know, they play the game down south. These people in Tampa probably love Kenny Chesney. It would be a big hit. He's a great live performer. I've seen him. He doesn't have nearly as much, you know, choreographer, lasers, or fireworks, but it would be a great show. We'd all have a good time. We could all sing along. What's wrong with that? Country is, they're all consistent. Top to bottom, you go, like the, if you went to a Kenny Chesney concert, it'd be the same exact thing the next time. If you went to a weekend concert, I bet he sounds different every other night. Like you know well, what I mean? I hope, like, hopefully, he sounds better. Yeah, <laughs> the so. next time because this was awful. But whatever, it's not you know, it's not for me. And uh, if he really spent seven million of his own yeah. money, yeah, in addition to whatever the NFL put into choreograph that, that or whatever, yeah, they yeah, fly yeah. in all those guys and get them red sport coats and put bandages on their face was well, strange. Yeah. Yeah. strange, 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 but whatever. It's not that important. It's, you know, th- there's a lot of, um, shall we say a lot of pandering going on with the, um, 
They did that whole long commercial about uh, ending systemic racism and social justice. And I know, you know, the NFL is, you know, the wolves are at the door and they're like everyone else. They're trying not to uh, uh, get in any trouble, cause any problems. They want to appear like uh, they didn't include Kaepernick in that commercial. I'll give them credit for that, I guess. I don't think. I don't think they did. They showed, you know, a bunch of players. They showed some kneelers and they showed some, uh, you know, guys. I don't know who. I'll have to go back and look and see. Maybe Malcolm Jenkins was in that. But, uh, you know, the NFL did its part. They they said they're donating $250 million to uh, social justice causes. $250 million? I don't care how much money the NFL has. That's a lot. And even, you know, even Kaepernick would have to admit that's a pretty hefty donation from the NFL. But. Um, all right, let's get to, um, all the other, is he's the, 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 the NFL, the Super Bowl is the only game I don't record. I just let it, I, I, I can't because I watch the commercials. I want to see the halftime show. I want to hear the announcers. There was a Reddit commercial that was five seconds long. Yeah. You had to, you had to take a picture of the screen, but it was, uh, it was nothing special. It was, it was nothing special. It was, I, it was, I never knew you could buy five second commercials. Yeah. I, I would have done that for this podcast if I knew. Yeah. You know? It was, it wasn't, uh, it was, there was a clear attempt to try to go viral, obviously, and capitalize on what happened. Well, I, I stopped and I didn't pause. I just said, oh, that was cute. I mean, yep. it was original. It was something different. It's designed to get people to talk about it and go back and look at it as opposed to, you know, get the message. I like that much more than the Bruce Springsteen commercial, which was a half an hour long. That's true. Yeah. All right. We're being, all right. We're joined by our man, Mute, our, our, our QB guru. I see he has an amber colored liquid in his glass. That's good to see you having a little, little iced tea tonight. <laughs> I mean, it is the Super Bowl, Jerry. You got to enjoy yourself a little bit. It's cold outside. It's been snowing. So I got to obviously stay properly warm. So a little cream soda. That's good. Get loose. Um, here's, you know what? I picked Tampa Bay to win this game. And I, I, I knew Brady would have a, a big game. Um, but I didn't expect this. Nobody did. Nobody, nobody expected, except for Tom Shaddix, expected Tampa in a blowout. Tell me what you thought going in and what was the big surprise. To me, it was the pressure on Mahomes. He never had a comfortable pocket, never had a chance to uh, survey the field. He was running for his life all night. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that I noticed um, in that game is, you know, you were worried about the tackles for the Chiefs being out. And the right. front of the Buccaneers did a great job of getting, uh, getting pressure on Mahomes, and that paid off later in the game. Uh, they like to use the, the term, you get a lot of body blows on a quarterback early in the game, and they start feeling and seeing footsteps, and I think Mahomes really suffered from that. No uh, question. As the, game, as the game went on. Uh, but Levante David and, and, um, and, White. and Devin White were absolutely phenomenal. Those guys were absolute difference makers. Those guys... Uh, with their ability to play in pass coverage and their ability to cover sideline and sideline, cover the run game, be able to be influencing in the pass game, those guys were were legit. Um, okay, don't don't uh, you don't you can mock me if you want, but this is God's honest truth. I t- tweeted out my prediction. I'm hot. I, I my prediction for the game was 34-31 Tampa, but right. I started typing this thing MVP, and obviously you can't just pick Brady or Mahomes, and I wrote MVP. NQB, non-QB, and I put Devin White, and I deleted it. I said, that's stupid, MVP. Oh, but but I felt like he's been phenomenal throughout the playoffs. He's been everywhere. 
Right. He's a, he's an absolute beast. And and I think you got to give Todd Bowles a lot of credit because a lot of teams try to go after the Chiefs and bring pressure. And Bowles is a guy who's notorious for bringing pressure. And he only blitzed, I think, three or four times. Oh, really? You watch that. They they really rush four. Every so often they bring five. Um, they they really stayed back and they played really deep. And they forced they forced Kansas City to take some, you know, they would give them some yards, but they weren't really willing to give up the big play to Tyreek Hill. And and they and they forced Kelsey to make some catches and they put bodies on Kelsey, which is kind of what I talked about. Just give them some a little taps, let them know that you're around. And I think that that was really uh, effective. The front four for Tampa Bay won the game. And, and to tell you the truth, the front five for their, their offensive line was phenomenal. They did a great job. They they dictated terms to the Chiefs and really put them on their heels. And uh, Brady was phenomenal in, in the first half. I mean, when he needed to be in the second half, it was more of a maintenance game where it's like, just don't screw up and make Kansas City come get you. And uh, I mean, he, he was in the zone. It, it's just so amazing it to watch. Six, 16 for 20 uh, with three touchdowns. And it was statistically, it's the best a quarterback is best half a quarterback's ever had in the Super Bowl. And this is a guy who, you know, came back from 28 to three in the fourth quarter. But, you know, 80% with three touchdown passes. In a half, no one's ever done that in the Super Bowl. It is amazing, Mute. We're sitting there going, you know, uh, just the fact that he got to the Super Bowl is phenomenal. He won three road games to get there. He beat two MVP, two Hall of Famers to get there on the road. Probably three. Holmes is going to be. Yeah, well, right. Three MVPs, three Hall of Famers uh, on the road until tonight. And he did things that he's never done before. You and I have watched his entire career. Hell, you're the reason he's on the Patriots. They cut you to make room for him. Exactly. I watched every snap he took in New England. We never saw him win a Super Bowl in a blowout. I know it was it was kind of weird when you look at it. It's just like the last two Super Bowls he's been in have been the biggest uh, the biggest blowouts that they had, and the one was the Rams by ten points. Yeah, so it was absolutely crazy to see this one, and and everyone, you know, the house that I was at, we were watching the game. It was. You know, the women who watch for this, the, the halftime show and, and for everything else were like, wow, that was kind of a boring game. It just kind of blew them out. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of was, <laughs> considering it you wasn't really, I, it was very I anticlimactic. I don't like blowouts. And even though I was happy to see Brady win and, and I picked Tampa, I was hoping for a comeback and I expected a comeback from Mahomes because that's what he so does. He, he hasn't lost by double digits in his career. He hasn't lost by double digits since he was in Texas Tech at Iowa State. So it's been a while. I thought he also would have that loss without scoring a touchdown on offense. Right. Like he, he's point. always scored. I mean, phenomenal stats. Phenomenal stats. But you know, just a couple things. I don't remember him more than three or four times having time to throw. And I don't remember him missing open receivers. They covered. I mean, do you remember Tyree Kill running free and having no. a, I mean, it didn't happen. Well, he the other crazy, the other crazy thing about Mahomes tonight is even through all that, he made some amazing throws yeah, under no. the, the biggest, the most arrest. Like the one throw that he had on fourth and nine that was knocked down at the uh, at the end zone, he was literally like parallel to the ground yeah. and he threw a sidearm ball 35 yards on a rope, which was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, even his incompletions were, were impressive tonight. That, but it was, was still, great. it was just, a, I've never seen anything like that. There's a great picture, a great photo of that that'll be going viral, I'm sure, where he's almost parallel to the ground, throwing sidearm. And by the way, that hit, I forget the receiver, on the face mask. He made two crazy off-balance throws that hit receivers. One was Hill, and one was... Uh, was Hill. 
the other one was uh, 30, it was 13. What's his last? I don't know his last name, but he was out of the end zone anyways. He wouldn't have caught it, but it did hit him in the face. I mean, yeah. he, he's he's amazing. But here's what makes what Brady did uh, in a way even more impressive because it's not physical. You know, he can't. He's not doing anything physically. He's certainly no match for Mahomes. But he's no match for uh, for Aaron Rodgers either. It's nope. just his mind. And there was a play, and I hope you remember it because uh, it 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 was such a great football play. And Romo picked up on it where they found um, Gronk um, down the middle. I could try to find it on my notes, but on the play action pass where he, he, where looked, he slid across he the middle. Matthews, Matthew, uh, you know, Honey Badger was losing yep. anyway, so he's overly aggressive, jumpy, just on edge. He drops back. He looks left, makes Matthew turn that way. Gronk right up the seam, up the middle, and yep. Gronk almost broke the tackle for another touchdown, but found him for a first down up the middle, and it had nothing to do with you know physical skill. Again, Mahomes is the best physically, the best I've ever seen. Brady's mm-hmm. no match for him, but in this case, he said this this safety, who's a good player, but he's a little emotional, is on edge. I'm going to just give him a little look. He's going to go that way. Gronk's going to go that way. With his mind, he beat them. In, in so many ways. And that's and I think what's make that's what made all the difference. And I think you notice that with Tampa Bay in their last um in their last seven to eight games is that they really started running Patriots plays. That that was a Patriots staple. I mean let's not forget that. Like right. the Patriots did that play how many times in their Super Bowl runs and and Brady knew that where he wanted to go and he knew from watching tape and all his experience that he was going to get Matthew to move. All he had to do was just give him a subtle head fake knowing where Gronk was going to be and he was wide open. And 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 that's just I mean those are the little things it's it's funny when you talk about aging quarterbacks. It's most of them when they get to the end of their career they always talk about I finally figured the game out and it slowed down for me, but my body failed me. Right. You know, and, and you look at Brady and it's just like his mind is completely sharp, but his body is is in tune and he's able to physically make those plays. And I and I thought a great play earlier in the hat in the hat in that half in the first half was he does the play action fake and he throws a deep comeback to Antonio Brown. That's like a 25, 30 yard throw. And you talk about Tom Brady losing steam on his arm or everything. I was like, I was watching it. I was talking to people next to me. I was like, wow, so bad that Tom Brady has a noodle arm. Because, I mean, that was an absolute hoax. And the fact that he can still physically do that with his with his mental capacity and what he knows, I mean, he's just it's just on another level right now. There's just there's, there's no comp to him. There's just none. And, and I... And, and I think that's the theme. And I wonder, hence, like, that are diehard Patriots fans that didn't want to root, that didn't want to root for Tom Brady. Are they mad that they just let him go and that they didn't even bother to give him the weapons to be successful? Because you look at that and it's like, okay, Gronk came back. I get it. But, and Mike Evans and Godwin are very good. But, like, you didn't need that much to keep him. You didn't really need that much to keep him. Just show him something that it matters and you look know, what he does. I look at it, Mute, and I say – they got nothing. They got nothing. For oh my him. God. It's like you and me playing wide receiver, which is, I mean, um, that. they let him go to Tampa and Tampa gave up nothing. Which, right. And you just saw again, what, uh, what LA gave up for Stafford, the price of a quarterback is, is, is pretty high. And they got a guy who just won them a Super Bowl for nothing. They gave up, they gave up something for Gronk, but they surrounded him with weapons. They let him coach. That's Arian's own words. I let him coach. Said Arians, and I would too. 
I mean, I would too. Get the hell out of the way and let him go play. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? And and nothing, uh, nothing to me is more ridiculous than people thinking Belichick was rooting for Brady. Belichick is a human being. Human beings root for themselves. He was rooting for Kansas City because he's rooting for himself. That's all. That's the way I think of it. I would be shocked if Belichick was sitting home rooting for Tom Brady. That's not how it works. I have a tough time thinking that Bill Belichick was really psyched about what happened tonight. I mean, let's be honest. Everyone's got some ego and skin in the game. And to to look and watch that and a guy that you – who told you that you didn't have the personnel last year and two years before and to go see him go, all right, I'm going to pick my team and I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to go win a Super Bowl my first year there in, you know, in quarantine, unable to do all the practices and still be able to go and do that. I mean, it's kind of a nice double barrel fingers right at Bill Belichick if if you're Tom Brady. Right. And And he'll never say it, but it, it is. By the way, why does Belichick let him walk away? Because he thinks he's done, right? He thinks he's close to the end, and and obviously he is not. But I um, said this uh, before we hooked up with you, and I didn't really dawn on me till the you know final minute of the game when Jim Nance said something. He said that's this is perhaps the most I I, I got to go back and get the word Nance used, but the most impressive performance or most impressive season of Brady's career. And I'm thinking, really? I mean, he. He only won 11 games. He won, you know, six, won right. 16 and 0 once. He didn't win the MVP. You know, he didn't uh, win the division. But you know what? Nance is right because not only yes. did not only did he uh, win the Super Bowl, he won three road games to get to the Super Bowl, beating two Hall of Famers on the road. He took over a team that was seven and nine that had the worst winning percentage of any team in any of the major sports. He took that team over and just won them a Super Bowl. And the way he did it, going on the road against Washington, against New Orleans, against Green Bay, which means he won three in a row as underdog and then went into the Super Bowl. Against four, yeah, yeah, as an underdog in the Super Bowl, too. Wins four in a row as an underdog. Well, I well you can't go Washington. They uh, weren't. Yeah, right. right. So, but, but, so then he goes into the Super Bowl against a team that is viewed as the next dynasty because they have Mahomes who's great. And then they have all these other guys, Hill and, and Kelsey, and they have a damn good coach. Um, they may lose their outside linebackers coach who might be going to prison for 10 years, but that's another story. We can get to that. Um, um, I thought it was nice of Jim Nance to mention the five-year-old girl who is in very critical condition, according to her aunt. Right. But he knew her name is Ariel. He should have said, Good luck to Ariel. Our prayers are with you. He mentioned her, which was a little surprising. And if you haven't seen the news, Britt Reed, that would be Andy Reed's son, who's on his staff, was driving after drinking in a pickup truck, on a Ram truck, rammed into two cars on the side of the road, injuring two young children, including five-year-old Ariel, who is in on life support. And right. so that another reason to root for uh, Tampa Bay today, in my opinion, because, I mean, obviously – obviously this this guy's a irresponsible he's been busted before i believe for right and i mean on top of whatever happened you know with his other with his other son, other son yeah son who od'd and passed away but it's just i you look at the distractions but i think the biggest factor for kansas city tonight is losing both your tackles and not being able to have those guys right. to protect mahomes you could see it i mean at uh, there was a stat, and and it was out there, I think, with about three or four minutes left in the game that he had dropped back to pass 40 times and been hurried 24. Wow. I mean, when you see a stat like that, you just know that 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 front's winning. 
and uh, and and they see it. And I saw, and I think Bulls recognize that. And their defense was phenomenal, mostly their front and four. He, but and he peeled away a couple of times too quickly. He got you know happy feet or got skittish, and he'd and yes. roll out before he should have. Even though he had a pocket, he had no faith in his line. And other than Kelsey, none of his receivers ever got open. It never appeared no. to me like. He was well, I think Bowles did a good job of he he was he was like you know Tyreek Hill's not going to beat us deep over the top, and we're going to be physical with Kelsey at the line of scrimmage, and we're going to see what the other guys got. Watkins yeah. is a little banged up, um, you know he was going to force all the other receivers for Kansas City to do something, and they just didn't. I mean, you look at it; there was three catches from outside of the the top group, outside of Kelsey and Hill. Um, that were able to do anything, and, and they, they just neutralized them. And I think that's the way that you have to attack Kansas City. And uh, with that with that offensive line, as the game went on, and Kansas and they knew Kansas City had to throw the football to get back into that, that played right into Tampa Bay's hands because they knew that Mahomes is going to hold on to it. The longer he held on to it, the more their pass rush was going to get home. And that front four was just relentless versus him, and, and then the second half, they just didn't let him do anything. Mahomes, 25, 26 of 49, 270, zero touchdowns, two picks, three sacks, uh, a rating of 52, just an awful, awful game. I didn't yeah. see that coming. Did not see that coming. He's so good. Me either. I, I wonder if his mother, who is known to get on uh, social media and start dogging other teams, if she's going to say some nasty things about Tampa Bay. There, there were definitely some interesting calls in the first half that went yeah, Tampa get- Bay's way that I think, you know, especially with Matthew and uh, Brady going at it. But, you know, there, there were some tough calls that went against – that win against Kansas city in the first half. And I can see how there can be some frustration um, with that, but uh, definitely I'm wondering because Mahomes got knocked around pretty good, but Mahomes is is known to be on and his wife and his wife slash fiance loves getting on social media. So I wonder how much they're getting chirped right now. Uh, They're getting though. Believe me, his wife and his brother Jackson. Oh yeah, that's right. His brother too. That's right. They're getting dog first half penalties, eight, for Kansas City, one for Tampa. They right. got the raw end of the deal on the calls. And there were big ones. I mean, you had but a great hey. interception kit that right. came off the board. You have a field goal where you're offsides that gives a touchdown. They you were- know, Kansas City, th- those are those are plays. And, and this is – I know it's going to go back to Belichick and all those things, but, like, you never saw Patriots teams make those mistakes in big games. Like, they're just silly, undisciplined penalties that happen that cost them critical points in the game. And, and when you look in football – there's five to six plays every game that are the difference between winning and losing, and some may be subtle and some may be big. But when you have opportunities to get guys off the field, and, or whether it's a field goal or a turnover, and you have a penalty, it's tough to come back from those. There were some bad calls, but they got blown out. They can't blame the refs, and they lost their cool. When uh, Matthew lost it, I mean, after he lost it a couple times. He lost yeah. it after he got the pick called back. But then they, the the um, – uh, then he get in Brady's face. Oh, I like that. I, I like it. I like it on both ends. By I the way. was shot. Forty-three-year-old Brady. I thought would just walk away and say, uh, "We'll see you." Yeah. He turns and chases him down. And I like it. Yapping with Honey Badger. And I'm saying that's that's you know classic Brady. He, he's he'll jaw with anybody. Which you know in this case they had the lead. They were kicking their ass. I mean, I can't believe that. That, uh, I'm wondering what Matthew back. said. If you get like, I mean, there's they let a lot of John go, right? Yeah. So they they let you say a lot. And with Brady going back at him, uh, 
I'm wondering what he said. I mean, we'll probably never get to the end of it, but you, think, there's some. I feel, like there's on, a, I feel like on the football field is the only place like Tom Brady gets to be the real Tom Brady, where he just gets true. this shit talk in that moment. Like that's who right. he wants to really be. You could see that. There's a couple. There's a couple no nos. Well, there's definitely a couple no nos that you cannot say. There's definitely a couple no nos that you cannot say. Like the the one cool thing about this year that with not being a lot of fans with the field mics, you're able to hear a lot and sometimes they don't get them out in time. Um, you definitely got to be careful with what you say in certain situations, but if you drop a couple of the three, no, no words. Yeah. You're, those are automatically coming oh, yeah. back. Yeah. I would say you could, your career would be. And I'm wondering what Matthew said, because he obviously said something, uh, but, but he was an idiot because he was losing and he was on the ropes and he was, he was struggling badly. It wasn't the time to be uh the yapping. You don't yap at that point. He's the goat. You know, when you're going to think of this game, you'll say their offensive line was overwhelmed, but they were injured. When you're going to, if you're thinking of someone, if you're a Chiefs fan or you're a Brady hater and you want to blame right. somebody on the other team, it would be Tyron, Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, because he lost his cool and he got burned. We've already talked about a couple times he got burned. Right. And you're getting your ass kicked. So at that point, you just kind of need to shut up and make a play. And, and that thing, like at that point, I mean, I like, I kind of like Winfield going up back to, to Hill because when Hill did that in the regular season where he does this right. when he's scoring in the end zone. That's right. Probably want to wait for the end of the game, but kind of not a bad time to do it because you get a lot of spotlight on it. And, and it, it was a good one. I actually like that one. That was and the ball had been turned over. It, it was, right. You know, the announcers weren't even sure. Like Nance was like, oh, first down. And I'm saying, wait, no, it was fourth Nance down. Nance was doing his best Joe Buck. Like, uh, and even Romo, too. Oh, you can't do that. You got to be you got to be professional at this moment. And I was like, all right. So Ty- Tyreek Hill had no problem, you know, dropping it right on their head when they when they had three touchdowns in the first quarter against them in the regular season. Those Anybody, guys remember that. You think they're not. That's crazy. Anybody wants to taunt Tyreek Hill is okay by me. And this <laughs> We did the dirt bag index. I like to do it before every Super Bowl. Which team has the right. dirt bags? And clearly, it's Tampa. Obviously, I hate rooting for Antonio Brown. He is a piece of garbage. Uh, you, you, I mean, he's in a way he's worse than anybody because he treats little people like crap. You know, he treats the guys moving his furniture. Right? Or was it a physical therapist that he farted in her face? I mean, it's just a yeah. He has a, he has a litany of weird, weird things. Uh, the painter, the painter like, that we would painter like uh, landscapers. Like he, he's pissing off like the, the, the blue collar people of the world. Definitely but, doesn't clean up his poop. Definitely, no, definitely not. Probably has, a, probably has like a Rottweiler taking <laughs> massive dumps in the neighbor's yard. But um, uh, and as long as he's not meter, as long as it's not meter, like and not taking it and cleaning it up, that's fine. Uh, right? um, can't can't root for Frank Clark, and you definitely can't root for Britt Reed, who is probably sitting home wherever, you know, drinking more than mute is right now, and uh, <laughs> praying praying that he wouldn't come out of this as one of the goats. But he is because. Uh, he certainly didn't help matters with uh, doing doing what he did, uh, and let's hope for his sake, for everybody's sake. Let's I'll play the role of uh, you know like NFL Network suit, saying thoughts and prayers to all involved. You know, I would say thoughts and prayers to Ariel and uh, the other child who's not been named yet, but I don't think he's in as bad a shape as Ariel. They got a GoFundMe. You can find it if you want to uh, see. There's a picture. This is the Ariel this is the before. biggest blowout. Yeah. This is the biggest blowout since uh, Denver, Seattle. I mean, this right. We're looking back. It's been a couple of years as you're watching the game with people. You you look at that and they're like, wow, this is just this is a domination. 
Like well, I, I didn't expect to see that. I actually expected Kansas City to win, uh, but the concern was their you? offensive line. And I mean, Tampa Bay was just—they were relentless. Their defense was relentless, and um, and, and Brady was just—I mean, you just it's seven just Super Bowl, seven Super Bowl, and ten appearances. I mean, I mean, just the greatest, the greatest getting around around that's crazy. The greatest American athlete in sports history. I mean, I'm better right. than – he just passed Jordan in championships. I mean, I'm better than, you know, whatever, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, I don't know who you – Wayne Gretzky, you, you name it. What he's done is harder. No, we already had it. Like, that's why That's why the blowout, I feel like the, the reaction to what he did today or, you know, when people are listening to us, what he did yesterday, it is, right. it's going to be very minimal because it was a blowout and it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going to have the lasting impact. Like if he, if it came down to the wire, like we all kind of expected this game to, and he wins it, then it's a whole different beast. Then it's like, yeah, but, but, he, but, around Tom Brady. He, but what makes it more amazing, obviously he's 43. And like yeah. Mute said, no spring, no training camp, no nothing. COVID rules. New team, new conference, everything just all of everything, it. Everything made it seem, and then the road to get there was much harder than any road he took with New England. Without Going, a doubt, three straight road games, beating Breeze, beating Rogers on the road, beating Mahomes. I mean that that playoff road is there's nothing that compares to that in the six. I did. I did have to admit, I love Jim Nance. Like you know, because everyone when they get on the pulpit right there at the end, right when they're doing all the 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 pomp and circumstance of the game, right? They always want this big revelation, right? And Jim Nance, to his credit, just goes, "All right, we're going to see you back next year," right? He didn't even bother to ask him if he was retiring because, like, um, that's been the greatest thing that everyone wants. Goes, "Is this your last one? This is your last one?" He's like, "All right, well, Tom, we'll, we see you back here next year." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm coming back." It wasn't even a question. Like, I love that. There's, Absolutely love that. They didn't try to make that an issue. Mute. There never has been a question. He's never hinted at it. He's never give us any sign that he was thinking of retirement because he loves it. He's good at it. I don't know if you noticed. He's good right. at it and he loves it. And he says, why? Why would I quit? I mean, I'm going to play as long as I can play. And so what was, Jerry, what was your most awkward, awkward moment of whether from beginning to end? What was it for you? The most awkward moment of what? Of, of the Super Bowl. Like watching it, like even at the end or even the, in the presentation. What, what was like just well, like I, you're sitting there like, I, I well, first of all, watching Tom Brady hug all his teammates without a mask really upset me. I, I'm not <laughs> but, See, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, when the Glazer family, when the Glazer family got the award, it was like these three rich nerds, like just never had any clue what the hell to talk give, about. It was I'll give so them awkward. credit. I'll give them credit. Unlike unlike Jim Irsay or unlike. Uh, uh, Mark Davis, they stay out of the, you know, stay away from the cameras. They stay out of the spotlight and they know that if they were in high profile, that people would hate them. So they just lay back. Yeah, it was pretty good. It looked like the first time they had ever been in front of a camera or a microphone in their life. I was like, oh God, just go to Arians or anybody at this point. Just get the the camera off these guys. My most awkward moment would have to be, um, you know what? I want to get to your take on weekend. Um, Dave and I already talked about the weekend. I'm sorry. Okay. Wait, what did you guys say? Hold on. Hold on. And I want to get to favorite commercials. Usually, you know, we rank them one to like 700 on the commercials. The best. I got my list. I got my favorite and I got my least favorite. That's all I'm going to ask you. And I'm going to ask you what you thought of the 
Springsteen, the epic uh, three-hour Springsteen commercial. But first, let me do a read for our friends at Shea Concrete. This is for you homeowners and home builders. Did you know the guys at Shea Concrete have a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you this for a long time, and there's a reason. They have the best selection of precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs for any home available in concrete, or you can customize with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, your house looks better, and it's worth more. This isn't an expense. This is an investment in your home. To learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps, just log on to SheaConcrete.com. All right. Um... I thought weekend sucked. Uh, I, I actually loved it. I, I actually thought it was really good. Hey, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to say, I, I said one good thing about him. I can't say them, him. He wasn't as bad as Maroon 5, but he was terrible. I couldn't understand a word he said. He was lip-syncing terribly. I didn't understand all the guys with the bandages on their face, like slamming into each other. That did nothing for me. Tell me, you're an old white guy. Tell me what I you got out of it. What? What? Why I, I actually you? really liked it. I actually like. I was, you know, I I, I was texting with a, a bunch of buddies, and, and a couple guys were just like, "That sucked. That guy was terrible." And I was like, "I actually liked the music. I actually thought it was good. Um, obviously, I, I like some of his songs." So I, hey, I actually really one. enjoyed What's it. I favorite? thought it was a good performance. I What's really your, did. I really you, liked it. What's your favorite song that he performed? Well, Blinding Lights is great. Uh, I actually love that song. I was actually hoping, I, I had bet my sons that it, with the first touchdown in the Super Bowl, I wanted to do the prop bet that someone was going to do the TikTok video that they do to that song, that that would be the first celebration. And my kids thought I was an asshole for saying it, but I thought it was actually a good idea if someone would have done that. I thought they would. What a great segue into that! Score a touchdown and do the TikTok dance to to that song. That would have been a home run. I don't but, know. I don't know his songs. I wanted to like hear the the chorus. I wanted to hear the words. That's the way I'd like. I like music where I can understand. And I can you know maybe sing along, hear a story. He just talked. I couldn't understand a word he said. You're I just be an old white guy screaming I, at a cloud I, now. You got you to gotta accept the new time, Jerry. I don't it was like good. Music it was when good. I, I never liked, you know, I never liked Led Zeppelin. I could never understand the words. You know, I don't like music when I can't understand the words. Well, you, you want to know a funny thing when you're talking about the commercial. So I'm, I'm watching the game with about uh, uh, seven, anywhere, seven kids in between 10 and 16, right? And the Jeep Springsteen commercial comes on. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh my God, guys, this is a rock and roll legend. Do you know who it is? And one of my kids goes, is that Led Zeppelin? Oh my God. None of them knew who it was. None of them knew who Springsteen was. That commercial was so long, he could have sung a song. He could have sent one to run. I think I think this I, from everything I because I've I've dealt with this before. I think the cutoff for like guys like Springsteen is is twenty five years old right now. If you're under twenty five years old, you you there's a good chance you don't know who Bruce Springsteen is. That's the first no one. Time, did. That's the no first one did. Time it was embarrassing. He was on Saturday Night Live last year. He looked pretty good. He finally looks his age. He's seventy, so he's old. Yeah, but the whole thing was just a bunch of cliches about we're going to unite in the middle of the, the, and it had nothing to do with jeeps first of all i didn't even understand why they would hire him it was endless and he just looked old and he looked you know he looked you know he looked like a guy who would be a big biden supporter he looks like a 70 year old that's what he is he's 70 i thought i, I thought my favorite commercial was the anheuser-busch one where they're like have a beer because that kind of resonates 
You know, I, like that was the I one was that kind of stuck with me that I really liked. There were all different kinds of beer, but it was good. I like that. You're right. Yeah, that was a good one. That was like, you know what? God, because we've been there, and especially the one where they they shot the the snow on the car. For, as a Charlestown resident, I've been there before, and that sucks. <laughs> that, was, that, one, that one hit home. USA Today every year, um, and we'll see it tomorrow The um, or sometime this week. When they rank them, they have some panel of, of fans that ranks them, like one, right. two, whatever, 100. Sure, and it's an unbiased. The winner is always Bud Light because they're very creative. They spend a lot of money. They're memorable. And they had one. That was terrible where they had lemons that fall over you. And they said, if you're going to make, if you get lemons, make lemonade. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was terrible. Then they had one that was pretty good where they brought back all the legends from all their previous commercials. All came yeah, out. that was, yeah. That was a little disjointed. I'll tell you what was annoying was the thing where for Paramount, where they walk up the mountain, all the celebrities go up the mountain and they just kept doing it. They must have spent, you know, 30, 40 million on commercials, Paramount. And it was, you know, Bryson DeChambeau was there, Patrick Stewart, a bunch of just uh, uh, um, Beavis and Butthead were in it. Yeah. It was just very disjointed. I'm like, what the hell is it for? I and was I'm excited sure. to see that they're doing like a Yellowstone prequel because I like yeah. that show and I saw that. So I was kind of intrigued by that. But uh, yeah, there were there were a couple there were a couple weird ones that they it, threw in there. I was Jerry, do you, are you what about the streaker? I mean, we didn't even talk about that guy that came right through there. Which, I think that was planned because they went to a three-minute commercial after that. They obviously needed some time to kill, so they called the streaker this, after that. This is my I've been a it's been a pet peeve of mine forever is if the television network, in this case CBS, is doing its job, which is giving you the whole story, they should show right. they should show yeah. the streaker. And they we say, all want to see it. They should say, we don't want to do it. Well, that will encourage other streakers. That's not their call. That's not their job. Their job is to show the, to serve the viewers. And the right. viewers want to see it. I so did. why do they turn away? I mean, it doesn't I make did. sense. I did. I wanted to why, see it. Why is that? Everybody, everybody, everybody on TV that I was with wanted to see it. Especially if it's a female. If it were a female, and definitely want to see it. It wasn't. That's it was universal, some kind of purple universal shirt. across all sports. Like, is that an unwritten no. rule of every? Yes. Like, or is that in the FCC? Like, guidelines? No, they just say they don't want to encourage it, which is not. Well, he wasn't nude. He had clothes on. Yeah, I mean, he, um, just, he just did the. Yeah. All right. Do you have a favorite commercial, Cullinan, or were you too many Pink Whitney's? Uh, I was a few Pink Whitney's in and kids running around and whatever. But what was the one where I couldn't remember who the brand was, but the one at the end with the woman. Well, I'm work. sorry I called you a Karen. Karen. And yeah, that was for M&M's. M&M's. That was, I don't know. That was I not bad. That was not bad. I'll tell you the best and worst, according to me, which is all that matters. The best, I think it was for Toyota, Olympic swimmer Jessica Long, and she has no legs, a Paralympic. And they went through her story quickly where she was in the pool and she swam up to her parents' house and the call comes for her mother. And it says, we finally, we found a girl for you to adopt from Russia or wherever. She has no legs. And the mother says, you know, that's okay. It'll be an interesting life. You know, that, you know, let's do it. And they, and I'm like, I'm literally getting tingles up my spine. You guys were not paying attention. That's okay. But I was as usual sitting alone watching it's a great commercial. I'm not sure how it's going to make me buy a Toyota, but I never heard of the girl. And there she is swimming in the pool with no legs and they're reenacting how her mother decided to adopt her. It was great. The worst easy one for me, that fat load, Amy Schumer doing the, the mayonnaise ad. And it's so uncomfortable. Like, Oh, if you just get mayonnaise and put mayonnaise on everything. And I'm saying, I guess they picked the right person for that, but 
That doesn't oh. prove anything. If Amy Schumer tells me to get mayonnaise, I'm not. I'm not uh, sold. I'm sorry. Even as a mayo guy, you're like, I'm going mustard tomorrow, just because I, I don't. I don't want to I mean, put that on there for I, it. I put mayonnaise on reluctantly. We know it's not good for you. I mean, she right. eats it with a spoon every night in bed. But I don't know why you would pick Amy Schumer as your spokesman if you're um if you're a mayonnaise company. And I think it was Miracle Whip or was it? I don't know. Hellman's one of them. I don't. Well, even- one of them was like a. Um, where they were talking about a, a manufacturing one where they were talking about, you know, it started to get a little bit political where they're talking about, we're not going to go overseas and we don't do all this. And then they turned the corner. Uh, God, I don't know the name of the, of the company. And then all of a sudden they, they, they all, they switched their tune and went like, Oh, we manufacture everything in the United States. Oh, so at first I was like, Oh, this is getting way too political, way too political. And then they actually bring it back that we do everything U S we make everything in the United States. So I was like, Whoever started the, the whole premise and how you started sucked, but your ending was great. I was just like, but the whole part of it like turned me off. I was just like, oh god, I don't want to listen to this crap. I think, right I now. think it's WeatherTech for uh, the yes, weather. That's what it was. Yeah, you know, oh. some it, it was my take earlier, and I said that um, it's hard to believe, mute, that just a couple of years ago, the halftime show was the Who, Paul McCartney, U two, Springsteen. I said, right. you'll never see an old white guy do the halftime show again. Those times are different. The NFL has stood a little stronger than other leagues. They didn't let their league get completely taken hostage by the social justice warriors like the NBA did, right? You know, Black Lives Matter all over everything and, you know, have everybody kneeling to everything. They did, you know, in the NBA now, if you stand for the anthem, you're ostracized, you're a pariah. So they went to the extreme. The NFL obviously did some you know outreach and they did a commercial tonight or in during the game when they said they're donating 250 million to social justice causes they're not going overboard like the nba but you could see it they're really working hard they had to everything had to be you know diverse and everyone had to be represented and that that's a big issue but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be in all the commercials. It wasn't in your face. No. Like you said, the, the political stuff was a little understated, more understated than I expected. Like Springsteen, for example. It was a two-minute commercial from a guy who hates Trump about how we're we're the reunited United States, or, or whatever he said, reunited States now, which is right. Ridiculous. But did, did you know it was a Jeep commercial until the end? Because no, we I were all guessing as to what it was. Everyone's like, well, he's driving a Jeep. But I was like, I think it might be something different. Well, I thought it was good because he put a cowboy hat on and he went to church. So Springsteen's going country and he found God. I thought it was, um, you know, that's good. Well, he's always been, he's always had God in his life. It just, he's always, it's always used as an inspiration on how much he's like despised his Catholic upbringing (laughs) or despised his country. But that's all, we're all better now because we have Joe Biden who looks even older. It's all good. Looks even older than Springsteen, which is hard to believe. I'll tell you what I don't buy. Every time you see a Super Bowl, that's the network, in this case CBS, uses it to promote its shows. Are you guys buying Queen Latifah as the equalizer? No, I, mean, I was going to actually say to you, we, no, we but I'm, but wrap I'm up wicked, and DVR'd that. But I'm wicked intrigued by Clarice. Oh, I'm Clarice. wicked intrigued by that. That freaked Clarice. me out enough to, to know that I'm definitely going to watch that because I definitely have, you know, well, anytime you get. I was hoping for some fava beans and Chianti, but that didn't come along. But I'm definitely intrigued by that show. Did you notice they didn't show you um, uh, Hannibal Lecter? They didn't show because no one can do it like well, like Anthony Hopkins. So right. whoever it is is going to be scary. I'm sure he's going to be creepy, but he's not going to be in his league. 
So they left him out. They just showed you the butterfly and the lambs and made it. But you know, the crazy thing about that is like the guy I was sitting next to who's a, he's a very, he's a, runs a very successful business, but he was just saying, he was like, I can't tell you the last time I've turned on a show at a designated time and watched it. Well, you don't. And have I was to like, that. John, you're I, I, I think you're hundred percent right. When's the last time you like? I've watched it at various points. Unless it's a live sporting event, I'll probably just watch it at a different time. Well, that's why sports are so valuable. They're the only right. thing that people watch live. But you can, if you want to watch Silence of the Lambs, you just go on demand and find it. Same right. with, but the Equalizer, and I like it because it's in you know Denzel's great anyway. But I love vigilante movies, and the two Equalizers right. we just kicks ass. And he lives in Charlestown, by the way. So that's kind of a cool movie. It's good. It's not great. But her as the it, – so she's obviously a female and a, a rather large woman. You're scared of Queen Latifah, let's be How honest. How old is she? Like if Queen she's Latifah came at you, you she, would, she would mess you up, and you know it, and you're scared so of her. we're going to watch Queen Latifah, like, hand-to-hand combat with some badass, like, Russian gangster? Yeah. Queen, Latifah, Queen Latifah is 50 years old. So she's 50, she's Zoftic, and she's female, and she's going to be beating up some badass, shaved head, mute-looking guy. That's not going to work. Sorry. But that's... Yeah, you know, well, yeah, totally believable. I, I believe that. Probably not going to ever watch it, but yeah, totally believable. Why wouldn't got, that happen? I got one more question before we uh, wrap this up, because, I don't know, maybe it only annoys me, but if all the singers, you saw the anthem singer, you saw the, speaking of... Uh, Eric Church is the man. Eric Church did a nice job. I wish I don't even understand why he had to make it a duet. I guess I do understand with the woman. And they went back and forth. It was a little weird. And the woman that sang America the Beautiful or God Bless Him or whatever she sang with the um, nice uh, eyes, you know, that woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Something to see. But yeah. And I guess they didn't do the Black National Anthem, which was a surprise. But all the singers sing with no masks. The coaches, you know, well, not the coaches, but the players. why do the sideline reporters have to leave the mask on, do the whole report? Like, and, and, and I talked to Andy Reid at the half, and he said they got to move to run the ball and stop the run. Well, Maybe. Jim Nance had it. You saw Jim Nance when he was talking to Brady. He's like, all right, I can't hear what you're saying, and I know what's going on. He just walked right across everybody and didn't even give a damn. He just goes, you know, I can't, I can't even deal with this. I'm just going to get closer. If you're going to make me wear the mask, I'm at least going to get inside six feet. And Brady never puts it on the sideline. I wonder if he'll get fined for that. Um, but, you know. Oh, someone's going to be pissed about it. Someone's yeah. going to be pissed about his kids not wearing masks either. Without they were, a doubt. They were wearing, I, I can't wait. They had I two can't wait for people to it. dump on Tom Brady's kids for not wearing masks. It's coming. Get ready this week. Um, USA Today or whatever. Someone's going to be pissed off about it. Say, that's just the way it is. Is, I, I said this uh, earlier, Mute, before you joined us. I said, uh, the way I look at things, I don't necessarily root for guys so much as I root against people. Like I root against, and we mentioned Tyreek Hill or Frank Clark or Britt Reed. I root against the people who hate Brady. I mean, it's it, it, there's so, so wait. Many- I, I want to know, like, how can you hate Tom Brady? Like, I mean, well, I can you can you. you can hate him because he's beat your favorite teams, but what what is there to hate about him? Well, I'll show you right here, mute. Since you're looking at me, see this right here. What is this? This is a red hat. That- yep. Actually, there's an allied paving hat, but you know, you know, the red hat was in the locker once. That's all it takes. These people are insane. Brady never was political. We know he wasn't. He never endorsed Trump. He didn't even vote for Trump. He didn't want to get involved. That doesn't matter. He once had a hat in his locker and they hate him and they love Kaepernick, who was, by the way, you know, who Brady's backup is in Tampa. 
The guy who Wayne beat Gabbert. Kaepernick out. The guy who beat Kaepernick out is sitting dutifully behind Brady in Tampa. Anyway, they hate that. And you know what else they hate about him? Is he never does anything wrong. He never slips up. He never makes a mistake. He never says the wrong thing. He never does the wrong thing. He's so he's no matter what, even though they tried to bait him into it, like Nance right. tried to get him into saying, like, oh, is this one more special than all the other? And he's like, I'm not no, not gonna not gonna take that bait, not gonna do it. He's just the, I think the best testament to him, and the thing I love the best is that when you watch the reaction of his teammates, like who gives a shit about everything else, right? Because everyone gets worried about the noise and, and the parent and the people and the fans and all this other stuff. But when you look at his teammates, they genuinely love the guy. And you see like Mike Evans, like you saw Mike Evans response and his kind of emotions when Tom Brady was talking. And if that just doesn't give you the essence and microcosm of Tom Brady, then you're just missing it, man. And, yeah. and I feel sorry for those people because if you can't respect his greatness and how much he makes everyone around him better, which is which is the sign of a true, amazing person, not just as a quarterback, but as a human being, when you make the collective whole better and you make everyone uh, to go to another level, and to do those other things, if you can't respect and appreciate that, then I feel sorry for you because you just you're just never going to get it. And you're the type of people that you're just going to be miserable for the rest of your life. So I don't give a well, shit. I, I don't mind miserable people. Some of my best friends are miserable, but, but Brady played for 20 years in New England. That means he had essentially, uh, you know, a thousand teammates. Obviously, some of the same. Right. Year, but you know, he's literally had hundreds and hundreds of teammates, coaches. None of them's ever said a bad word about him. No, nope. it's an amazing nope. run, and they hate that about him. Even if he weren't, you know, didn't play golf with Trump twenty years ago, they would still hate him because he has perfect teeth. He has a beautiful wife. He's he doesn't, you know, sunburn he, because he <laughs> drinks so much water. He, he never hit his wife. Never did drugs. Never drove drunk or got caught. And they, right. they just don't like that. He's too perfect. I understand it. You know, it's perfect people, as you know, you know, you hang out with me. Yes, my people nuts. And, and Dave, Dave's perfect Dave, too. Right. Yes, Dave. Dave's unbelievably perfect. But and they just can't wait. You know, Max Kellerman speaks for everybody at ESPN. They all hate him, and they, and they all can't wait until he finally fails. Till he finally they can't do it anymore. Can't wait to knock him down. And all he does is just keep coming back. Seven Super Bowls. I mean, it's just there's you're never going to ever see anything like it, and everyone just wants to hate it. And those are the people that are just so sad. That if you can't respect greatness, then you're just missing out because it's it's a great ride to just watch something. It's like sports. It's being a fan. It's it's fake hatred, and I know it comes off. It's not but real. is it though? But is it, it though? Is. Because because Kansas City people are definitely going the refs. Everyone loves Tom Brady. Everyone wanted Brady to win. This was fixed. This and was all every this. single one of those people shitting on Tom Brady would want them want him as their quarterback. It's just it's not well, no question. But I don't think it's fake. I think they really uh, dislike him or envy. It's it's part envy. Sure. Yeah, and and I think what he did tonight, if you think of what he did in the in this in Super Bowl Fifty Five, he beat Mahomes. Mahomes is the next best thing, the next great hope. Um, and on top of that, think think of this. You know, they were rooting against Brady, whether it was Rodgers or Breeze or Manning before that, and Brady beat them all. So along comes Mahomes. He's twenty five. He's MVP. He's spectacular. He wins this game. Mahomes has two rings. Brady right. has six. Mahomes is 25. They're saying, you know, what Brady did was pretty amazing, but this kid's coming, man. Give him another 
10, 15 years, he's going to be better than Brady's. And what did Brady do? He, he, his, no, his team beat Mahomes' team, blew them out. Mahomes looked, you know, terrible and wasn't entirely his fault. Brady looked good. Brady won decisively. That kills the Brady haters out there. Absolutely kills them. But they'll always find something to hate about it, and they always will. But this is the the, the one thing is that now the now the bar is set even higher. And Mahomes may very well win three to four uh, if he, if he stays healthy, uh, and and that team is is very very good. But it, it, it's when you look at it from from the Brady aspect of it, you just look at it as a guy who completely puts the overall betterness of the team out there. He's willing to do whatever it is, but he raises his teammates level to to another a whole nother compete level that these guys all they never want to disappoint him. That's the one thing you hear about all the guys that have played for Tom Brady for for 20 some years is that they said they never want to let Tom down. And and that's the thing that you just see out there. Even the defensive guys, you watch them like genuinely cheering for right. him. And, and if that doesn't tell you what he, his essence and what he's about, then you're missing out on sports. Right. And he's the greatest ever, and he does everything right. I, you know, like Jordan was the greatest basketball player I've ever seen, but he was he was kind of a prick, as you see in that yeah. documentary. He would admit it. it was yeah, but you game have game. to be. You have to be. And he was, a, you, know, he, you know, right. There are guys like that. You know, you think of other great performers – you know, they generally have issues. Jim Brown liked to hang women off by their ankles off balconies. You know, there were guys who had real issues. And then you got Brady, who's just this this, this flawless family man who just does everything right. And it's – and I love – Doesn't speak I, ill of the other people too. Like th- this, this could have been his pulpit to just be like, hey – you thought I couldn't do it without Bill Belichick. You thought I could have done this, and he ne- he didn't. He's not going to take that road. It's just not the way he is, and it's that's that's what makes him successful. He is such an ultra positive guy that there's just no way that he's going to let any negative influences come into him. Yeah, and, I, normally, and I normally don't watch, and normally don't watch. You know, Max Kellerman on and then around the horn and all those shows and. But I might have to because I know there's a lot of people hurting right now. I'm, I'm anxious to see tomorrow. I, I guarantee you're going to hear the narrative of how Brady shouldn't have won the MVP because the, some right. defensive guy should have won it because their defense was outstanding and did all that other stuff. They're going to want to try to to take some some luster off his star and to say that he wasn't the you know the the key part of it. But it's not just about the stats. Like that that's the thing that that I really really struggle with is that. Yes, the stats are important and help you win and stuff like that. But the overall mindset of not just your offensive teammates, but the t- your teammates in whole and the, that you instill upon your teammates, that's what raises the collective whole. And that's the job as a true leader is to make the, the 53rd guy as important or as involved as everybody else. And when he does that and gets that belief and that feeling with everybody, right. like that's what your job is. That's what your job is as a leader of men. I said that earlier, and like even defensive guys, special teams, they all play with more confidence because of Brady. It just changes the whole mindset, and you could see it. You could feel it, the energy. By the way, after the game, he hugged. They all lined up to hug him. Right. Know, which I didn't like because they didn't have masks on, but he was lining up. I know. I was offended. Everybody, but, and it, yeah. they all looked so happy just to, you know. How dare, how dare you celebrate and be happy with, with that? That's just rude. Right. Put your masks on and do it properly. Someday Brady will get whatever, get get sick, you know, get maybe not COVID, but you know, 
he'll he'll get the flu and people will be so happy. Finally, some, are, some people are cheering for it. I'm anxious to see tomorrow kind of what the talking heads say. I'm anxious to see. They're going to say what you, you said. The defense carried him. Defense right. carried him. Is, is it going to be that narrative? Are they going to oh, talk about his greatness? Some, some people will step up and say, you know, give Brady his just due. But a lot of people are probably going to take that other road and just say, yeah, it was great. The defense played great as a whole. There was just one guy that never really stood out that that deserved it over than Brady. So they'll just kind of give him that excuse. But, I mean, if you're a five-time Super Bowl MVP, seven-time Super Bowl champion, I mean, well, <laughs> it's tough. You know it's really tough. If they, they think this hurt, wait till next year. Wait till next year, uh, Maxka. Wait till next year. Nancy Armour from USA Today. If you haven't read that piece, you got to read that mute. You got to read the, the USA Today column we uh, we uh, read the other day on the on the show, and it's just amazing the hate, the the envy, the resentment they have for the man, which is another uh, reason to root. Well, for that's him. the one big thing about this country is that we love. We love to tear down the guys that are super successful because we never want them to be as perfect in their eyes because we feel inferior to it and we always feel threatened by it. But then we also love the comeback story, right? So they, they love to, to hear the comeback story. But there's they love bringing them down more than anything because yeah. they want them to be as human and as fallible as the rest of us are and they can't accept someone that's just a genuinely good person. Right, and they hate the fact that he's 43 but looks like he's about 28. They hate that. But I started, you know what I did notice? He's getting some gray on the sides there. I saw that. There was a little gray there. So, I mean, maybe there's a little chink in the armor. Hopefully, people start talking about that. Right, right. He'll, you know, I knew that's why you hate him because of the hair. (laughs) He's got the perfect teeth, you know, it's just, but whatever. You know, good luck to him. The greatest ever. And he just did something we've never seen him do before. He won the Super Bowl in a blowout, his seventh, the tenth time he's been there. He's the greatest athlete in team sports history and in, in America. Do you think, history. do you think uh, that this gotta, take, wrap this up know, because we promised we'd have it up by midnight and oh, well, lastly, just before we go, do you think that the, this success this year and who knows what happens next year after that, does this take any luster off Bill Belichick's star? It does indeed, yes, it does. I mean, he's still the greatest coach ever and he's still, you know, won six Super Bowls, but, you know, the guy who who left him last year right. just won another one. And what Belichick, Belichick won seven games with a lousy quarterback. It just looked not, not just because Brady did it without him, but because Belichick let him walk away for nothing. That doesn't look good. He's still the greatest well, coach ever, but there's no way he wanted Brady to win this. It does not, it does not help his legacy. Put well, it and lastly, lastly, Jerry, do you, I mean, our part is part of you. Like I was right. I said he was going to Tampa. I knew this was going to happen. Is this like your big, like no. puff your shoulders out moment? Because of you course. kind of called back in March. Like, are you giving yourself massive it in January, in January 22nd? Okay, sorry. Sorry about my dates. All right. But I mean, like, this Super Bowl is a part of you. Do you feel yeah. that you've won it? I do. I do. And plus, you know, Tom, <laughs> Tom and I go way back and, uh, 
I, I bet he wishes. He probably will call me tomorrow because we used to talk on Mondays after every big game. So he'll probably call me tomorrow and we'll have a nice chat. I did see Tom. Um, I saw Tom Brady Sr. with a uh, glass of champagne in the press box. He looks like he was. He looked like he was toasting back to the camera toward you, Jerry. Is what I yes, think. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's all to you, Jerry. You called this. You know, this. You were right from way back when. I mean, I, I mean, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself right now. Right, and the guy I was on the show with that day said he was going to the Cowboys. And uh, true. Right that guy's an idiot, <laughs> yeah. as everybody says. Who even knows who that guy is? What a dope. we got to find right. him on social media. Mute, man, I'm glad you uh, came on, joined me, because uh, I was afraid would lose you, you know, with that glass of amber cold liquid. I'll let you go for a refill, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to guess you took it a little easy just so you could, you know. Come well, on. you know, I wanted to be on my best for you, Jerry. I never wanted to disappoint. So I yeah I, had a, I kept it between the white lines. I did lose in ping pong at halftime though, so that was disappointing. Well, that, I'd rather lose at ping pong than sit through the weekend again. So you you, you made the right. I like the weekend. That was good. I liked it. I'm sorry if I'm in the minority. I know it was blown up, but I actually enjoyed the show. It, it was terrible, but hey, you know, and uh, at least it wasn't as long as Springsteen's commercial. But all right, mute man. Thank you, and thank, all right, thank you. Thank you. Man. Shake Concrete and DCU and Allied Paving. Thanks to GovX. And thanks to you, Colin Aine. Thanks for staying up. I know you're not a night person. Oh, I'm feeling good. I could keep going, you know. We could do a, we could do a week's worth of shows if you want. I'm feeling that's, good now. That's, that's Once true. I blow past it, right, you, you might as well stay up for a little longer and keep it going. But. Okay, I'm going to give you the assignment. Can you watch uh, Queen Latifah and the Equalizer? And tell yeah, me yeah I'm, a big, I'm a big Queen Latifah guy. If you recommend Mary. it, I'll check it out. But I don't think I'm going to be uh, – uh, she's going to win me over. I really don't. I love, you know, good, violent vigilante movies, but I don't think this is going to, I don't think this one is going to work for me. I'm going to, but tomorrow we'll be monitoring, or I should say Monday, today, today, it is Monday. We'll be monitoring all these shows, uh, ESPNs and, you know, the uh, USA Today folks and just see how much, how crazy, how insane Brady and Gronk and the Bucks drove them. I guarantee you there's going to be some, pissed off people that uh, Brady is on top of the world again. They can't stand it, but uh, we will uh, see the Tyrone Matthew interview. Hopefully they can get him out. I want to hear his comments after the game. That's a good point. We'll get the Tyrone Matthew interview. If he, uh, you know, if he knows what's smart, he'll cool down because he looked like an idiot and he is going to have trouble living this one down because he's a pretty big name and he looked like a fool yapping out there. He, He was yapping after he got burned. He was yapping after they gave up a touchdown. It was just stupid, but hey, anyway. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks uh, to everybody for uh, checking us out here uh, and uh, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. We appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.